welcome to Island Voices, examining the incredible history of Manhattan Island and talking to the people who have made it incredible. Please hit the red subscribe button at the bottom right of your screen and welcome aboard. Folks, our guest today was on Broadway. A lot. In fact, she made her Broadway debut on October 9th, 1947. No, I didn't misstate that. I have the year correct. <laughs> <laughs> 1947. And now that was for a rising young choreographer by the name of Jerome Robbins. And a director by the name of George Abbott. But this momentous start to a legendary career only happened because a young gentleman friend of hers by the name of Marlon, who was very busy rehearsing a new play called A Streetcar Named Desire, had phoned her mother and charmed her into allowing her teenage daughter to leave Newark, New Jersey to dive into the world of entertainment and make her life and career off the island of Manhattan. And in the ensuing decades, she made quite a splash. She spent a lot of time with her good friend, Marla. She became close to a baron. And Jack Kerouac wrote a play just for her. Oh, and yes, Jerome Robbins from that time on was like family. Yet for all her remarkable life and experience, she said not that long ago, I've never wanted to meet somebody that I haven't at some point already met. There I was, there they were, it happens. However, so much of it is luck. It's your own stuff, your own life force, your destiny. But believe it, the more knowledge you have, the more patient and humble you become. And it's that kind of wisdom that has drawn me to this incredible woman for 30 years now. Her own inimitable life force is as indelible as the spirit of the incessant wind of this 400-year-old city, and she has been a remarkable guide, mentor, and teacher to countless students and peers who have been lucky enough to have had a little bit of her pixie dust sprinkled on them for the better part of a century. She is nothing short of living New York history. She is an absolute treasure and one of the most important people I have ever met. She is the one and only Sandra Lee. Welcome, Avrao. Good grief. I'm going to faint. Why? Because every word of it is sort of true. <laughs> well, yeah, of course it is. Would I lie? Uh, no, uh, there's something that you said that, that he was rehearsing for um, a streetcar. He was actually in A Flag is Born, a small play, and he was brilliant. You know, and before that, he, he I, mean, I remember Mama, he had a walk on a little party. Since we're on it, let's talk about Marlon Brando. Tell us about your friend Marlon. I was I was in dance class, um, and this kind of uh, guy came to see a friend of his who was one of the best dancers in class, and they were family friends. And you know, she was from family uh, business show business people, and and I danced extremely well that day. I knew it, and and I caught his eye, and he caught mine, and he sort of you know. Gave me a wink like, you were good, you know, and that was it. And then what happened was uh, a few years later, I was very underage, but I could do Russian dancing. And so uh, this, this guy who owned the Russian tea room in New York City also had a Russian tea room. 
in Washington, D.C. And he said, you want to come dance there? I said, yeah, yeah. So I did. I was underage in Washington, D.C. And I was dancing in this Russian night- nightclub with all these old people who spoke Russian, you know, those are done, yeah, good night, blah, 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 blah. And I was delighted to be doing the Waltz of Flowers uh, <laughs> and uh, listening to the, uh, you know, to, to the Russian music, which was beautiful. Uh, and I saw his name in the paper. He looked familiar to me. I thought his name was like, Darlin Dingdo or Bambo Bumbu. And I said, no, I know that guy. And so I went to his theater. It was at the National Theater with Tallulah Bankhead in a play called The Eagle Has Two Heads. And I left a note and said, I I remember you very well from Madame Tarasova's class when you went to visit whatever the fuck her name was. I don't remember. So anyway, so um, that's so that's how I met him, and then and then uh, he said, "Oh, come and visit me," and he gave me his hotel. And I, well, this is a funny story, but it's true. I I went there, uh, and and uh, I said, uh, "Mr. Bimbomo, or whatever his name is," and they said, "Oh, yes, he's expecting you. Go upstairs." And I went upstairs, and I knocked on the the, the door. And uh, I said, um, I'm here to see Mr. Dimbo or Bumbo. And the guy said, oh, yes, he's expecting you. He said, just go into the bathroom. I said, what? And he said, go into the bathroom. So I tremblingly went into the bathroom. And he was sitting in the bathtub playing his drums so that it wouldn't echo throughout the hotel. And he jumped out and I started to cry. And Why did you cry? Because I, didn't, I, I was in the bathroom <laughs> and I, I, with a guy sitting in, 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 in the tub. It was empty, but, uh, you know, bang on drums. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it was, shock, it was what, a shock to you? And what he did, he was very kind. And he, and he escorted me after my show. And after his show, um, uh, with, with Tulula, and uh, he was fired, by the way, from from that show. But but anyway, uh, we would we would go through Washington D.C. and climb the statues and put donuts and uh, containers of coffee in the pilgrims' hands. And it was a relationship that lasted many lives and many years till the day he died. Now, what you talk about in the book surprise might may surprise some people. He, you, you say, he was a very gentle, very caring, very intelligent guy, and very funny. Really funny, yeah. He was a buffoon in an odd way, and no, he was really not so wise. I mean, not not worldly wise. Uh, he was, I think, as curious about getting on with life as I was, really. Did he teach you things about the business or about life in general that stuck with you? Not at all. No. No? What happened was, and this is the beginning, really, of my story, because I must say, till the day he died, with all of his children and all of his wives and whatever stories, we were very good friends. Mm. And um, as a matter of fact, I think there was one point where he 
people thought, oh, he really regards you like a, like a kid's sister. And I said, that's good with me. That's good with me. But there are very funny stories about us. You talk about he got you your first place to stay in New York. Actually, no, he, he when he talked to my mother, when, when I said, I really live in New Jersey. And, and he said, you got to go to New York. You got to, you, you know, you study there and you have a you, you have a scholarship there. Because, you know, I used to go on the train from Newark, which is where I came from. Right. Um, and, and pass through Secaucus that smelled like Secaucus and, and, uh, and, and got to Penn Station. And I had 15 cents to go uh, 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 to take my class. And the 15 cents was for the, it doesn't exist now on 57th Street, was Horton Hardart. And that's, that's how I ate. The automats. Yeah. But at Nick Wynn yeah. and, the, and the door opened up. I only knew New York City at that time as a wonderland. And it wasn't until Marlon, you know, talked to his friends. We all lived in, in, in a place on 58th Street. That the banner is still there, but I think it's, it's now 58th Street is kind of closing. It's right next to Petrosian's. A Park Savoy. Park Savoy, that yeah, it. that's it. Yeah, and it was a series, it was a boarding house, I guess. But that, and I stayed with his friends, uh, Darren Dublin. I stayed with his friend. When you hear that dog bark, that's my. Is that your I, dog? Yeah, no. It just means dog. have a call. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good ring. That's, that's about as much as uh, I can say about how I got to New York. I have to thank Sir Marlon Brando. I met his family. I knew his family. I knew his father. I knew his mom. Um, when they came to New York um, later on in L.A. when we all met again. And also Franny, his sister. Franny used to make jewelry and his, his other sister, who was an actress. But basically, he was my first friend in New York. That's beautiful. And he was an incredible actor, too. So, I would say he's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I'd say he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Sandra, a lot of people know you from your role in Peter Pan. Mary Martin as Peter Pan and Sandra Lee as Tiger Lily. I mean, when somebody hops from High Button Shoes, my first show, to Peter Pan, it's not, not the jump at all. I mean... What I'm saying is that if you exist in the theater or in the arts, you don't just hang on one show, you know. Those those are some of the the, the well-known ones, but oh well, now you know how I got here. And then I when when I came to New York, then I discovered Chinatown, 52nd Street, where I could hear jazz. Uh I I learned about museums. I came from a very poor family, uh, and arts were were not the top uh, interest of theirs. I think staying alive was. I had all these wonders, sounds, uh, people I I met in dance class. I knew a wonderful girl from my dance class uh, who I could spend the night with her. Sometimes she had a thing that you could put, you know, a hot plate. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. 
I did not come from enchanted background. Right. And then there used to be a place downtown where you could have spaghetti and bowl. They, <laughs> they had bowling alley, you know, but, right, but right. you know, it's open. It's not called bowling. It's called something else that you, you throw the ball and, and, and the people are eating pasta, but then they get up and they bowl the bowls. I mean, it, it's such an exciting city. I find it less exciting now. Why? Because it's ordered. And because I think as one grows older uh, and a little bit more guarded when you're a little bit better known, when I was in high button shoes and, and I had, a, you know, a show to do, um, but like on matinee days, I had no place to go. I had to wait and then go back and do the right, show. Right, right. But I found on 42nd Street a place called the Apollo Theater where they did foreign films. So there was were, an Apollo on the forty on 42nd Street then? Yes. I don't know what it's become now, but and I would go up there with my egg salad sandwich between shows and watch movies in French and Italian. I mean, and where else but in New York? Yeah. And then around the corner was a Russian uh, movie house. I don't know. And now I think it's a porno place. <laughs> no, they don't have that anymore. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> but I mean, it, but even 42nd Street was such a melange of colors and attitudes and, and terror. And I think it was before I even knew what drugs were, you know, but 42nd Street was alive. It was really, I, I loved 42nd Street. And, and then I used to listen to, at that time, Cole Porter, who spoke about it and wrote about New York and, and kind of a higher form of life. The sight and the sound and even the stink of it. I happen to like New York. I like to go to Battery Park and watch those liners booming in. I often ask myself why should it be that they should come so far from across the sea. I suppose it's because they all agree with me. They happen to like New York. Last Sunday afternoon, I took a trip to Hackensack. And after I gave Hackensack the once-over, I took the next train back. I happen to like this town. I happen to love this burg. And when I have to give the world a last farewell, and the undertaker starts to ring my funeral bell, I don't want to go to heaven, don't want to go to hell. I happen to like New York. I And then you met painters and poets. You met people who spoke different languages, not New Jersey, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where did you meet Jasper Johns? Was that in New York or was that in, in Jasper New York? Jasper was in New York. Yeah. 
Jastrow, but, but how about Bill Zukuning, all those, you know, wonderful painters and the great poets, Frank O'Hara, that whole group. I mean, that was years later, but mm -hmm. I was part of that world. I went from one world. That's good. What happens when, when you get a kind of respect and kind of notoriety that you were the world of enchanted New York opens for you. It really does. People want to, I was this year's dessert. Like I would have been invited to a dinner party of really classy names. And they'd say, there she is, <laughs> you know. Well, you, you still have that effect on people, don't you? Didn't you just get a letter last week, a fan letter from a very enthusiastic I, fan? Yes. Tell uh, us about that. All these years, I'm going to, okay, can I read you something? Please. Okay. Because I, I, I just took a, what he requested, this guy, to, I'm just going to read you three lines. Okay. okay? It's, uh, it's from a guy, his, I don't know who he is, but his name is Clint, and this is, this is dated May 20th, 2021. Last week. Hi, my name is Clint, and I'm 33 years old and also live in Manhattan. I wanted to write because I am a big fan of yours. Uh, you are, wow, well, uh, you are an absolute legend and icon. I've had the privilege of seeing you at the theater events but I have never had the privilege of meeting you at these events. But the last one I saw you in was Transport Group, the great group, by the way, uh, um, uh, of Peter Pan in concert. And I've unfortunately never had the chance to really meet you, but I hope this will change someday. And he sent me two 8x10s and uh, two of those from two different shows I've been in. And sent me, which really knocked me forward, a Sharpie to sign that. <laughs> sign it with? <laughs> yeah. That's really thoughtful. And, and an envelope, other than the one they came in. Oh, and a copy of my book in hardcover uh, called I've Slept With Everybody. And the reason this that one? I... Yeah. And, <laughs> but yes, thank you. And is that soft or hardcover? Well, I got the soft cover. I'm cheap. I'm yeah. Well, out this there. one that he sent me you got was hard a cover. hardcover. All right, so should have held on my, to it. In my in my note to him, I sent everything back. I signed the book, and then what I asked him in my notes, thanking him, I said, "Could you tell me something, please? When did you see my? Where did you find my book in hardcover? I've never had it. Right. And 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 so then my neighbor. He, he, he uh, did something on the iPhone, which I don't understand, naturally. And, and he said, yes, he said, it's Amazon. You can get it in hardcover for $29, or you can get the softcover for 20 For the big spenders. Well, he, he's, he must really regard you very highly, as a lot well, of people you know, do. If, if I have a fan, they're usually ardent. Yeah. They yeah. Are. That, yeah, that must think, make you feel good. How does that make you feel? You know, the one thing about maybe coming from, well, I don't know whether it's just coming from New York as an artist, a New York artist, is that somehow 
makes you more exciting. You know, she's come from Lyon, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And you actually say in your book, what a, what a truly schizoid, crazy existence this industry can be. But then you go on to explain, but if you paint, you have to exhibit. If you write, someone has to read it. If you perform, someone has to see you in it. This is all part of being in a familial environment. It's a community. It is. Tell us and about that. And if you're not part of that community, you ain't here. Right. Right. It's not just acting. It's not just writing. It's not just dancing. It's being creative on all on all levels. Yes, and then and not only that, but a New York success like that, or not only just New York, but the world of of the United States, gave me the invitation to go to every country in the world. And you know, to this day, I forget that. People in Europe know me if I didn't perform there. They know it from TV. They know it from the Peter Pans, from the Hello Dollies. They know, they know it from the the uh, Trojan women that I did. Uh, you know, I went. I New York gives you a passport, a very special one. Very special. This is a very special place. Absolutely. Can I ask you about some of the people you worked with over the years or some of the people you knew? Um, you just give me a whatever answer you want on them. Stella Adler. You didn't study the Stella Adler technique. You studied Actually, with Stella Adler. No. What happened was my friend, uh, Marlon, uh, I said, Marlon, I don't want to just be a dancer. I really want to act. And he said, I'll take you to my teacher. And his teacher was Stella Adler. And how I was em embraced by Stella and her family was that way. And, and then I began years later teaching for Stella. I taught for Stella for 20 years. She is a goddess. She always was. And uh, an exceptional person. Also a New Yorker and well-traveled. She taught me how to do that. Go to the theater. You, what do you mean you can't pay? Here, I'll buy you a ticket. <laughs> that sounds like a good friend to have. She was. She was just an inspiration. And uh, when, well, actually, when Stella died, it was Marlon asked me to read his tribute to her at her memorial. Oh, for him? Because he wasn't there? Oh, he was, no, he wasn't there. No. Mm. That's pretty special. Yeah, it and, was. And that is how you got into teaching. Is that correct? Through her? I got into teaching because of Stella. Yeah. And then when Stella went to Yale, she brought me with her. And, and then I taught at NYU uh, for a long time as well. Uh, I, I enjoyed teaching gifted people if they're gifted right. if not i can be a horror show i say you stink no, no you don't say that you say it in a different way yeah, you have I another way of saying it you talk about um this is about history and you talk about in your book that you were part of the active part of the theater that produced the last of the great legends and you name Ethel Merman, Gertrude Lawrence, Mary Martin, Yule Brenner, Carol Channing, um, 
You also worked with Ginger Rogers. I don't know if she goes into that category. She's more of a no, film she star. Movie. But she was a, a unique survivor from Hollywood. That's when Hello Dolly went into another thing. And Martha Gray, Martha Ray. Martha Ray was extraordinary. She was a Green Beret. And I went to Vietnam because of her. I wanted to see that part of the world. I felt as an as an as a, an artist, I had no frame of reference for war. And this was an opportunity to go to war. And so I did. I was there uh, during the uh, Tet Offensive. We did with Hello Dolly. And I went with Martha Ray, who was an extraordinary person. She needed a war, though. <laughs> she really was a Green Beret. Oh, she was indeed. And, and revered. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, she was an amazing woman. I've met nothing but amazing people. My whole you really life. have. You also, you were in a show with both Angela Lansbury and Bert Lahr. And some people might not know that name, but he was the lion in The Wizard oh, of Oz. Bert Lahr was. Among like, other things. He did uh, Waiting for Godot. Right. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but his daughter and his son are very good friends of mine. His daughter, Jane, is a wonderful sculptress, and she's also um, a, a publisher. Uh, and John, his, you know, his son is a wonderful writer. I mean, I think what happens, that's what's so great about New York and being part of that, that New York community of artists is that you don't, you don't not meet each other. You do meet each other. Right. And I think it's, that's what makes, I think, New York and maybe Paris has that, you know, where all the artists do have a community. It's in order for art to survive, it needs a community. I'm going to tell you a story because it's in my book. I don't know if it's in my second book, which I'm writing now. Mm or my first book. Uh, and that is that when I was out of work, you know, well-known or not, respected or not, I was feeling, I went to see a show. I don't remember which one it was, uh, but, it, but there was a big after thing, you know, what you do on Broadway, it's, uh, the big opening night parties, you know. Yeah. And I was, I was there and feeling low because I didn't know who I was because I wasn't performing. And I wasn't quite sure what I was or what I was feeling. I was depressed. And I, I was invited to the opening. And so I went to the party, which was at Roseland. Oh, yeah. And, and I see that guy. And of course, I know him. And oh, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm just going to do it. It's in one of my books. And I went up to this gentleman and I said, hello, uh, uh, I'm Sandra Lee. And this guy turned around and looked at me, cocked his head slightly and said, who else would you be? <laughs> that was Edward Albee. That's not in the first book. Well, it is my second. Well, good. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and, and we all used to go, you know, in our cars after our shows and everything and go to East Hampton. And all the, that's how I met all the painters. I like the story about you and Marlon Brando and Wally Cox and the group riding up on motorcycles up to Nyack in, in Rockland okay. County to have picnics. You have to do that because they were already very famous. Yeah. Very famous. And Marlon chose motorcycles at that time because it gave him a sense of safety. Safety? Yeah, of uh, safety because people stayed away from people like him. Uh, he didn't know who he was uh, on a motorcycle. Oh, I see. Okay. The road. Uh, people, you know, just didn't, they were nervous about motorcycles right. and accidents. So they stayed away. But we all used to go up there because when they became such celebrities, there was no place to go. So I think it was Marlon, Marlon or Wally bought a huge piece of land. Mm -hmm. So we used to go up there and, and, and make marshmallows and, and pieces of steak and uh, long branches and stick them in the fire and then tell stories about our, our families and our, and our dreams and things like that. It was very rural back then. It was nothing there. Oh, the there was nothing there. Wow, nothing. That's incredible. We just dig dig holes, but we were happy to do yeah, all. It sounds it like had a good time. With, you know, tra la la. <laughs> Sandra, I want to mention your book for people who don't know. The book is called her first book is I've Slept with Everybody, though that's not yeah. entirely the case, but there's some truth to that. Uh, well, no, the, how it how it got called that way. Yeah was thank you for for doing that of and course. it was uh, you know oh you can wait for my next one because it's going to be called um it's uh, my new book will be called snapshot spread oaks which is okay. more stories. but but that one why why i chose that title because i felt as a writer i was nobody i better come up with a patchy tune and that was that when you're a kid when i was and starting People would say, "You gotta get, you gotta get an agent. You gotta get a manager. I mean, you gotta get in the bed with them." It was an expression, and I had been through so many agents and so many people. I said, "But I really, I want. Couldn't you just get me an audition or something?" That that's what that was. Right. I had a feeling it was a double entendre that it what had a, a double meaning. You got to get into bed with them. That's uh, you know it's an expression. Yeah, of course you do to some degree, figuratively. You know to know your worth, knowing you you have an agent and that you want a, even a bigger one and a better one, a more protective one, and then you begin to get great lawyers like then uh, J. Julian, J. Julian was Jay Julian was like the protector of all of us oddballs. That was Benny Cazzaro, that was Mike Gazzo, that was that whole Italian group, Marty Scorsese. I mean, all the incorrigibles, we belonged to him. <laughs> and he protected us and he made contracts for us and argued for us and covered very often. So he was a good rep. He was. No, he wasn't a rep. He was a lawyer. And he was a part-time producer as well. Mm -hmm. He had your back, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
That's important. It's a, it's a tragedy. He's, you know, these days now all I do is make these speeches after they're all gone. And they're all gone. Well, you're still here, Sandra. Now, you also wanted to mention Jeff Harner. Oh, yeah. And then I, the, uh, what I've been doing the last few years, it was something I hadn't planned. Uh, but um, uh, Katie asked Katie Sullivan mm-hmm. uh, and her sister um, uh, asked me if I would do their cabaret act, if I could direct. Yes. Right. So I started doing them. And now we have lots and lots of awards, which is very nice, with plaques and stuff, you know. Um, and so I, I, I love working with Jeff because I think Jeff is going to be my, a magnificent director. He is already. Um, but, but he is one of the, I've only worked in cabaret. I've only worked with extraordinary talent as, as I have in the theater. And let me just point out, Sandra, for people who may not be familiar with it, cabaret is not necessarily connected to theater or dance at all. It's a whole other branch of entertainment. Totally, totally, yes. Like, like I did a Marilyn Monroe uh, evening with Marissa Mulder, who's extraordinary. And with Jeff, I do so, so many things with him because of Stephen Sondheim. So, I mean, I'm not that far from what I'm familiar with. Right. But again, it's an example of what you said earlier, where you said it's not just one discipline. It's not just acting. It's not just singing. It's not just dancing. It's not just painting. You're, you're going in. You're finding these new avenues of, of creativity. And I, I believe you started with the cabaret work not that long ago. No, not that long it ago. It was within the last decade or so. No, I think it's about five years okay, or so. Okay, so even, even more recently. Yeah, Amazing. something like that, but but it's it's a new way because these people are not just singer singers, you know. I don't quit your less, but she, when they have, when they understand the lyric, when they or or we can switch it, you know, you know, it's a challenge. It's and that's what the arts are. And you, know? you just keep taking on those challenges. Uh, Why over not? And over, of course. Of course. I just wish that I had like you guys, you know, and that is that, that, that you have a command, a real relationship uh, with computers. I don't. I don't think in those terms. I don't understand them. I don't understand Zoom. Yeah. When it has to do with someone you have to taste and touch and smell and truly hear. Uh, and, and, and there are too many tricks. I mean, I think this is wonderful. But I'm not comfortable. I, I understand. Well, let me say you're doing wonderfully with it. You're do, you're dealing with Zoom perfectly. But I trust you. Yes. Well, thank you. I but, know you and know your family. Yeah. And, and I met your wife who is beautiful. Isn't she? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and she, she does a whole thing about sensory things about perfumes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She keeps me, sm- she keeps me from smelling bad. 
Oh, she's amazing and uh, very beautiful. And and uh, you have a son that I have a relationship with. Yeah, Cocopazzo. He loves you, Sandra. He wants to well, come see you. Well, we, we, we talked about concretions and shells and stones and where they come from and what they become, you know. And you were really terrific with him. I thought, you know, I, I, did, I knew you as an actor, but I didn't know you as a father. Thank you. And then I have a picture that you graciously sent to me with all of you on a sofa. Yeah. Your daughter, and then uh, I didn't even know you had a daughter except you said once you had to go to South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. She just graduated college from there. Yeah, and I never forget anything. I know. I know. Now I forget everything, but uh, a, a short term, yes. Yeah. Long term, I can remember the color of a berry on that tree over there. (laughs) (laughs) I know you can. I know you can. Well, Sandra Lee, you are an invaluable gem and an incredible part of the incredible history of this incredible place. I'm honored and grateful that I've had the opportunity to know you, to learn from you, and to share your friendship. And I thank you so much for sharing your remarkable talent, spirit, and insight with us. And I love you very much. Bedankt. Thank you, and I love you very much. So there you have it. I wasn't sure how this was going to work. And then I just... Now, damas and iren, mesdames et messieurs, damas y caballeros, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to delve deeper into the history of Manhattan, the incredible history of Manhattan from 1609 to 1909, then you must join us for our primary podcast, Island, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast directories. Climb aboard. History is cool. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. And if you're enjoying Island Voices on YouTube, please be sure to hit the red subscribe button on the bottom right of your screen to get every week's episode. We'll see you next time.